You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Welcome to another week here at Bride Ministries International. We are very excited to announce that it looks as though next week will be the launch of our brand new web platform. And it is going to be uh, very, very user-friendly. It is designed to accommodate you in finding exactly what you are looking for. <laughs> and so it's going to have a brand new design. It's going to feature our new, uh, uh, you could say, brand redesign top to bottom along with that we are next week going to be launching our new bride ministries app and the app will be able to be downloaded from your app store and it will be a bride ministries app on it you will find our podcast you will find church streaming you will find updates on events that are coming up you'll be able to sign up for classes and uh conferences and get, you know, notifiers on different things and all of that. It's uh, really going to be an integrated system. Uh, we're also adding a whole donor management system that will allow you to track your own giving as you support us throughout the year and look at uh, what you have given and when you gave it and all of that stuff. And so uh, really, really allowing us to uh, open up transparency on that uh, with those of you that are supporting us. So we are very, very excited about all of these things that um, we are going to be rolling out going into next year. Uh, we have so much coming up, so much coming up. And uh, that includes our DID Coach Mentorship Program, which is going to be uh, launching the first week of January. Uh, we are going to be going to Australia in the... Uh, second part of February and into March, the 19th through the 21st of February, we are going to be in Brisbane at the Elijah Fire 2020 Convergence. There's going to be another a number of other men and women of God there along with me. We'll have the details in the uh, show description if you would like to register for that. We love all of our Australian friends. Um, in addition to that, we have our Bride Tribe Spring Advance. You can sign up for it now, and we, we, we are practically having it at a resort, except the prices are rock bottom, and when you go to sign up, keep in mind that price includes all of your food. It, it's an all-inclusive price, uh, conference registration, the room, and your food for all of the days, that's the price that you are looking at if you would like to join us for that Bride Tribe Spring Advance. And we're just very grateful for the way the Lord has opened that up. I have to make an announcement, folks, because there's something that you really need to know about. My wife is finally doing her first course on Christian business and kingdom business development. And uh, that's going to be offered through the Bride Ministries platform. And so guess what? You can sign up right now. And all you got to do is go to our website at bridemovement.com and uh, go to our upcoming events. And um, you can 
find it there. And uh, keep in mind that my wife is not just someone that, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, started a business, which she has, and um, has done a few things. You know, she is a Harvard Business School graduate, and she actually graduated with honors. So when she talks about business, she's not just doing it from a kingdom perspective, and she's not just doing it from a world's perspective. She's merging both realms, the wisdom of business at the top levels, as well as the revelation of the kingdom of God and the wisdom of Jesus Christ. And so um, that is going to be power-packed. It's not something you want to miss. And so uh, I'll be there. (laughs) So that'll be starting in January. Just go to our website, bridemovement.com, and you can find the details you need to sign up. And if you are on our email list, you have received an email about it. Now, uh, there are going to be other things coming next year, but you know what? We're just going to get right to the program. Thank you for those of you that continue to support us. Guess what? Uh, We will be doing donor appreciation coming in January. And so uh, for those of you that have supported us, you can look forward to hearing back from us with our gratitude to you and, you know, receiving some blessings. So um, thank you for those of you that have continued to do that. And if you haven't gotten the book, Advanced Prayers That Shake Heaven and Earth, grab it. You are listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. We'll be right back. Well, folks, I am very excited this week on Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall to have my friend, Daryl Crawford Marshall, back on with me. He is an international prophet, and he prophesies to all kinds of people that uh, would shock you. (laughs) Um, and, And as well... He ministers uh, in his local church, which is in Adelaide, Field of Dreams, and um, Mm -hmm. he has just been a blessing to my wife and I, and I am just so happy to have him back. Welcome back, Daryl. Thank you so much. It's so good to be back on with you. Well, we are going to have a number of really cool things to talk about today, but here's the truth, right? Uh, The year is changing. We're going into the wintertime, which for you is the middle Mm -hmm. of summer. Exactly, Uh, yep. Calendars are turning over. And uh, as we go into 2020, I know that as we talked before we were getting on this program, uh, you sense a new season opening up, really going through the next 10 years. Yep. And so I want to let you talk yes, about do. that. I yeah, mean, what, right. what is this thing that's opening up? Yeah. So um, one of the things that um, the Lord has been speaking to me about specifically, Daniel, is, a, is with regards to what things are going to start to look like as we move into a new dispensation of time or 2020 and beyond. Now, I'm one that hasn't necessarily spent my time um, investing overly in a Gregorian calendar model with my life. Um, I mean, we discussed before that I do believe in components of the Hebraic calendar. I have, um, you know... I see that God moves in seasons and times. Obviously, the Bible says that. But um, one of the things that I felt the Lord was speaking to me about was what things are going to look like as we step into 2020 and beyond. And I felt like one of the things 
um, the, first of all, I believe that it's important that we look at we look at first of all what understanding will look like as we move into the new um, move into the new era, the new decade that we're coming into. The reason being is because understanding frames up everything that we understand, everything that we know, and so I believe that what the Lord wants to do is He wants to enlarge our capacity to understand where He is and how He operates. Now, the reason that I feel like this is so important is because we will continually, or let's just put it like this, we can continually be in a place where we are um, subject to a rulership of a structure or function in our world when we don't understand that God is beyond those things and lives outside those things. I'll give you an example of Kronos time, and even the calendars, uh, sorry, even the calendar or uh, uh, the Gregorian calendar and and just many things that we take for granted as just the way things are aren't actually necessarily the way things are and i know that obviously the people who listen and watch this show will be will be uh, i mean this is right up there alley as it were um and so one of the things that the lord has been speaking to me about as uh, as we move into 2020 is that he is going to move and accelerate things in a different way that basically things are going to start to accelerate for individuals, uh, um, in I guess as we step into this new era, and I felt him say that I'm going to give people um, blended lenses for a see-through decade. This is what he said to me. He said, "I'm going to give people blended lenses for a see-through decade." Now, I I didn't know what blended lenses really were, and I didn't know what a see-through decade was, and I felt the Lord say that I'm going to enlarge people's vision to see in 2020 and beyond. And I said, well, you know, uh, you know, we hear that most, most years, prophetic people say things similar to that, you know, get ready. You're going to see like never before. And the Lord, I've read that before. Yeah. I've read it every, nearly every year from somebody, you know, and there's no disrespect to that because I'm sure for some people that did happen, but I felt like the Lord said that really things are the way that people um, see really is just about to change. And I believe that the reason is, and the re- I believe that one of the reasons that, oh gosh, I've just got so much, I'm just trying to get it all out in the right articulated order. But the reason that I believe that that is happening is because I believe that heaven is about to make a significant move on the earth. And I believe that it's going to happen as a result of people who have been strategically positioned and trained to infiltrate the earth with heaven's agenda. Now, let's just frame, so we'll frame everything we're talking about uh, with regards to this new decade with that paradigm, it, it, with that umbrella as it were. So if that is the case then, what I believe is that God, he said, I'm going to give you blended lenses for a see-through era. And I said, what's a see-through era? And he said, you're going to be able to see through the whole decade. And what, so I said, what does that mean? And he says, I will give you insight. I'm giving my people vision for 10 years. Now they've never had, I really felt that the Lord had never released vision like this before. He might have said, you're going to see this, you're going to see that. But I really felt like he was actually going to show people the end of the decade in order that they could back engineer everything to now. And the reason being is because I believe that some of the things that God wanted to, uh, one of the, some of the things that God is going to release people to do and release people into are truly going to blow their mind, but it's going to require them to undertake levels of equipping and training 
just like in the book of Daniel chapter one, in order for them to be able to um, sit in those places of influence. And I feel like this is really important. We know that, you know, there have been agendas that have not been of the Lord, but of other spiritual origin that have been doing this for decades and, and, and longer. And I believe that the church is a little bit, has been a little bit, you know, slow on the uptake um, with regards to understanding that God is, God is a master strategist and he wants us to partner with him in strategy to then see his kingdom come. And I really believe that one of the things that he's doing as a result of this is he's actually allowing an acceleration of the maturing of his bride. Um, and really, and I believe this has been going on for a while now, but there is a real acceleration happening where people are really starting to uh, mature, unlike anything, you know, think differently, start to see themselves differently, start to see the way that God operates differently. Um, and I really feel like that's probably what we're, what we're moving into. And the reason I'm saying all of that is because it says in the word, it says, when I was a child, I thought like a child, I acted like a child. But it says that when I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. And I believe that one of the things that the Lord is transitioning us out of is a childish way of thinking. And let me explain that. Um, he spoke to me. Now, I'm not saying this statement now is not that this is a childish a, a way of thinking but it carries within it a level of immaturity and i'm going to say this the suddenlies of god so the suddenlies of god actually put a growth stunting reality over people because what happens is they're constantly waiting for god to work as suddenly but if we understand that it's not necessarily the strategy the suddenlies of god but if we understand that the suddenlies of god are married to the strategies of god then what happens is we start to mature and understand that we can partner with God to see more suddenlies in our world, but actually his desire is us to, for us to grow, mature, grow in stature, to actually build with him, to partner with him, and then actually work strategically with him about his business. Just like Jesus said, I need to be about my father's business. And so I really felt the Lord say that for some people, I'll, give, I'll be more specific now, he was going to put into levels of political government. I felt for some people, he was going to put them in the business mountains, as it were, for others really uh, in strong positions of influence in education and all these different places. But I felt the Lord say that just with, like with Daniel 1, some people are actually going to feel or some people are actually going to start to really get have a have a inner knowledge and knowing and understanding that they are going to have to submit themselves into some kind of training to do so. Let me give you an example. The Lord was speaking to me and he was saying that, so for whosoever will, there's a very big opportunity opening up in Asia right now. Like there just is. Now, whether people choose to believe it or not, doesn't stop the fact that it's not real. So, so the church is here going, okay, what's God going to do for me? And God's saying, will you look at what's going on? And then he said, so this is what he said to me. He said, for those who choose to say yes to learning an Asian language, I will open doors of influence in Asia like they couldn't have imagined. Mm. But what it does again is it puts an onus back on people to actually have to partner with God to develop a level of knowledge in order that they would receive wisdom and understanding. And the Bible says, for those who have acquired knowledge, wisdom will be given. So there is an understanding or the language of the Chaldeans as well, the language from Daniel 1, where we actually learn the language of the places that God wants to take us. So it's like saying, yeah, I'm going to be in politics, but we don't know anything about politics. 
but we need to be a student of the political world in order for us to then be able to, I'm not saying we need to know everything, but there needs to be a level of understanding in order for God to be able to move us into something. And so, so I really feel like God is speaking in this time that it's going to be blended lenses. I'll tell you, I'll explain that in a second, but this see-through decade where we see at the end and we say, oh, wow, God says I'm going to be prime minister in 10 years. Okay, how do I back engineer that? I need to learn politics. I need to learn another language. But literally, God's going to give us the modalities of learning, as it were, to partner with him in order that then he, we can we can start to, as when we implement those strategies, we can start to infiltrate earth like never before. But in conjunction with that, I felt like, uh, he said, sorry, he said the word blended lenses. I didn't even know what they were. I went to get a pair of glasses and the optometrist, the person that was looking after my eyes, explained to me what blended lenses were. But mm -hmm. out of nowhere, just said, hey, I want to talk to you about what blended lenses. Now, blended, blended lenses were bifocals and they don't do those two single focal lenses anymore they used to have these lenses where where you'd have a a normal lens and then this big lens stuck to the other lens which was there you know that you, you've seen them before but it was like these bivocals that one was able to see far and one was able to see near now blended lenses are something that came in you know i guess i guess a while ago maybe 20 years ago and what happened was that through through technology excuse me, they were able to blend the lenses together so there wasn't any, dif any differentiation between seeing near and seeing far, as it were, that they were actually blended. So in terms of the actual lens, the way that the lens presented. And I felt the Lord say that I'm giving my people blended lenses. And I said, well, why is that? And I felt the Lord say that the near sight is to do with the lamp onto your feet is what you need to do now. And the far sight is to do with what you're going to come into and so when you see what you're going to come into, God is going to give you the, the lamp onto your feet, the word, it's to say his words, my lamp, the word so that you can have the next step illuminated in front of you. This is, this is really cool. Now, so I thought, okay, that was cool. And he said, no, 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 it gets better. And I was like, you know, and I said, what is it? And he said, I'm going to show people what is to come in 10 years for their life. And if they appropriate the lamp onto their feet, they will actually unlock an ushering in of an acceleration on their timeline. And what I set for 10 years, they'll see in two years. Oh. And I was like, oh my goodness. And then he said, and then I will continually add. So they end up doing more and more and more than they were first set out to do as a result of them implementing the strategy. So what, so for example, someone might say, oh, wow, you know, by the end of, by 2030, I'm going to have $10 million. I'm just giving you an example. It's an easy example to use. <laughs> so, okay, so $10 million. And then God says, okay, you're going to, so now back engineer that and start to implement. Now, I believe it, to implement the strategy that I'm giving you to make $10 million. Maybe it's a business, maybe it's a, a trade or whatever, you know, I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, for example, say. But then what happens is that they steward that and then they start to say, Father, what do I need to do to create an acceleration to see that, that which was set for 2030 to come into 2022? And then God says, that's a great question. And then what happens is he then adds to, so instead of you ending up at the end of 2030 with $10 million, you end up at the end of 2030 with $30 million. Because what you've been able to do is steward something, but it was all due to the partnership and the stewardship and what happens is God says, I'm unlocking people from a chronos understanding with these blended lenses 
into Kairos. So you can actually partner with God to see an action because Kairos time was all about the action of the, and you, you know, this obviously it's, it's very much an action word. I know that sounds really bizarre, but it really is. It's the whole point of Kairos. Kairos was the very moment. I mean, the definition of Kairos is the very moment. Say you've got a bow and arrow is the very moment where the arrow is fixed to the right target and you let go with your fingers of the end of the arrow. That's your Kairos. That's your Kairos moment. So that's, it's, it's very much an action. It's very much exactly at the right time with the right target. It's, it's heaven and earth. It's an opportune moment. And I felt like the Lord says, I'm going to, people are going to operate far more in opportune moment than, uh, than they are in Kairos timing. So. That's that so good. It is really good. Um, well, thing, as you're talking though, I'm, 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 I'm doing a little bit of revelating here. Yeah. Because. I've been, I, I, we haven't talked about this yet, Daryl, but I've been transitioning a lot of the way I think about time because I've yeah. had to. Yeah. And part of this is because I'm coming up against highly complex <coughs> bondage scenarios, right? Yeah. And I'm realizing, and this, I'm just going to throw something out there that, you know, people are going to listen to, they're going to be like, oh, there he goes again. But... Mm-hmm. The artificial intelligence, when it calculates time, does not calculate time linearly by any means. It's in cycles mm-hmm. and wheels. Actually, yeah. there's a yeah. proper term for this. It's called time wheels. Mm-hmm. It's a circle. Yeah. And so guess what we have when we looked at the Mayan calendar? A circle. Everybody thinks yeah. in 2012, that's the end of the world, according to the Mayan yeah. calendar. So they made a movie called 2012 and the world blows up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so where are I we? Remember. 2019 going into 2020 didn't blow up. So what happened? And then everybody realized it's like, oh, that's the end of their age, right? So every time a cycle of time completes, a new age opens up. Yeah. And this is actually, I think, something to do with Cairo's time because, you know, when a cycle completes in a person's life due to action, a new age opens. Yes, that's good. Yeah, so, come on. What you're talking about is stepping into an acceleration of time wheels Mm -hmm. applied to kingdom engagement. Mm -hmm. See, this Mm -hmm. is what the uh, artificial intelligence has been doing. They actually, um, this gets into the quantum computers, but they can, you know, landscape futures Mm -hmm. based on data points in the present and calculate Mm -hmm. possible futures through algorithms. Mm-hmm. running them through not linear timelines, but actual time wheels in their cal- like, but So, so it's, it's really cool that you're talking about this for my brain anyway. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, I think, it, oh, go on, sorry. You talk about a clean slate for t- 2020. Okay. Mm-hmm. Break this down, Daryl. Help me, help me understand. So, so I think that a lot of the time when we move into a new year, as it were, we get these we get these whole things of this new year's um resolution and what does it look like for me to step into things in a different way and wow you know and but i really felt um, the lord say that there was an, a divine invitation for a true reset mm. to for people as they step in and i felt like him say this daryl who do you want to be as you step into 2020 i felt him say who do you want to be as you step into 2020 and then I realized that what he was actually inviting me to do was to 
in a godly way, redefine the, every part of who I was, as it were, or let's say redefine, let's say this, reevaluate, and then where necessary, allow a redefinition to come where what, who I was wasn't operating according to my original design. So what happened was that God said, there is a grace for people to step into 2020 and beyond really in a, in a way that is more fitting to who they really are mm. than up until this point, what they haven't accessed. And he was saying about people are going to run in their own lanes. And one of the things that I find really interesting is we've had this thing for many, many years where people just, and this is not me thinking bad about anyone, you know, but I'm just saying people, they just, there's so much fear that's gripped them. So many, so many, um, the language of excuse about why they haven't do, done something, why they don't do things. You know, the Lord spoke to me, you know, and things are, things are apathetic, you know, so excuses. The Lord said to me that the, the, the excuses is the language, is basically the language of the spirit of apathy. And so he was saying, you know, that there are so many different things that people, uh, people say, you know, oh, well, you don't understand this happened, that happened. And the Lord says that every time somebody, the Lord told me every time someone does that, they actually take away from um, his ability. And so we're not, so, so what happens is they actually, and so I'm not saying they can't render God disabled, you know, I'm trying to say, but they said that he, he said they actually render themselves. They render his ability to work in their life a little bit void because they, they don't allow, they don't believe on him. There was no faith. And they don't allow him to step in to actually bring a shift in their circumstance. And so what they, you know, because, oh, I can't do this, I couldn't do that. But there's always enough grace for you to do the things that you've been called to do. No matter how far gone you are, there's still always enough grace for you to be able to step into the things that God has got for you to do or the things that you originally designed to do before you came here. And so what's really interesting is that in the midst of all these timeline things, I feel like this whole divine reset thing is God is saying, who do you want to be? Will you allow me to tell you who you really are as you step into 2020? And then you step into 2020 in a new way where you step into this new era without carrying the same level of baggage or memory that you've been walking with. The Lord's been speaking to me a lot about shoes. He always talks to me about shoes. But he was saying the reason that, that he said to me, the reason, Daryl, you always buy a new pair of shoes when you feel like something's changing is because the way you walk in your old season actually is reflected by your footwear. So what happens is that your feet actually, when you look down, you're actually carrying memory of an, an old season. And then I was speaking to someone the other day and they said randomly, there's just this woman in church and she was saying, yeah, God, God spoke to me for many years about when I moved season, I actually got rid of my wardrobe every time because my clothing actually carried the memory of what I was doing in that season. Now it's not all bad. Obviously there've been good seasons in God, but she was saying, you know, that, that he would get, he would go through her wardrobe and actually she would, she would get rid of multiple articles of clothing because as she put those on, it carried who she was, but she wasn't that person anymore. And I just couldn't believe it. And I said, Oh my goodness, God, are you saying that people are going to get a brand new wardrobe? And he said that many people will start to feel like they are going to dress differently. Because imagine if you were in a season where you weren't walking in the fullness of who you are mm. or a level of confidence, your choice of the way you dress and the choice of purchasing of clothing 
is actually determined by your inner world. So if you're in a place where you're not feeling fulfilled and you're feeling hopeless, you're going to pick, say, for example, darker colors. So you'd be wearing, but, but imagine if that isn't who you really are and you're actually a very flamboyant person and you're designed to wear lots of bright colors. So the reality is, I know this sounds ridiculous, but it's actually really real. The reality is that you will need to, that person in this place of divine resetting would actually need to, as they step into a place where they're connecting in more with who God has said they are, they need to get rid of an old wardrobe or the choices that were made in places where they weren't firing on all cylinders or connecting in with the purposes of God. They actually need to make different choices about what they wear because those cho what they chose at that time was determined by a level of unfulfillment that they, of what they were walking in, but they're not in that season anymore. So new clothes, new shoes, new season. I know that sounds bizarre, but it's actually an outward reflection of what's happening internally with this divine reset. That is, that's really good. So, so help me to understand, okay, going into this new decade, right? Uh, you are basically saying that time to throw out excuses. 100%. Um, but what if I've been justifying everything in my life with excuses? Mm -hmm. how, how, do, how do I do anything else? How do I get on board with the shift, Daryl? Well, this is a very good question. And, and if you've got any answers, that would be good. No. And this is, I've been working as a pastor for seven, six, 15 years. Like, so I, in conjunction with everything else I do. So, so yes, there are, it's very, how do you help someone break out of a place? Obviously intimacy with the Lord. And we're always a signpost for intimacy. You know, we're saying, Hey, get back to the Lord. What is the Lord saying? And all the, and all, all these things. But I don't think that, necessarily so in terms of people being in a place of excuse and all that i actually think that the season under heaven is changing and i because i because it's changing i believe that as we step into the new era and decade i think that people will actually see things differently and this is what i'm trying to say i believe that as we step out we're and it's so such a timely podcast today daniel because we are like literally like 20 days away from the new i mean what's the date today it must be the it's the 10th is that correct well today is actually the sixth for us oh sorry the six is seven for me seven, so three, so my so i'm always living ahead and so <laughs> and so no really i'm not joking i'll explain that in a minute um because because we'll talk about the other stuff we we're discussing and so but um we've just got a few weeks left now and so because we've only got a few weeks left now, you know, this is just such a, a, a necessary thing. And I think a lot of the time people want to step into, and you know, no, no disrespect to any, anybody, any teaching, any, I mean, what you guys do at Bride Ministry is just exceptional, you know, but people always want the next, the next bit of revelation, the next bit of information. And it's like for half of the people that are doing this stuff, it doesn't actually manifest as anything. So you're then walking with this huge amount of revelation and yeah, you might have levels of being unlocked or levels of this, but it says that wisdom is proof right by her children. So if there is no manifestation of prospering in your life, in health, finance, in any of those areas, effectively, 
the reality is that what you're receiving isn't actually doing anything to you. Or mm. let's say this, you're not appropriating it effectively. Because mm. if I'm in a place where I'm just constantly chasing more information about stuff, about how everything's going wrong or everything's going right or this or that or that, if I'm in that place, how is that benefiting me at all? You know, what I need to be is in a place where I'm saying, God, what it, what is it that you are asking me to invest my time in? Whether it's um, connecting with ministries or doing a course or do, and I just want to plug this actually, Daniel, I did your course, um, the one of the first healing courses, the inner healing course, just recently. It was relatively recently. I felt I'm going to do one of Daniel's courses because I because I, I had nothing to do, and uh, <laughs> I'm just joking. No, I just felt like, I felt like I really want, and I thought, I just found, I find your courses outstanding. I just want to say <laughs> that. You, There's no, there is no, it was amazing. Like, absolutely awesome. I watched it at night and then had it playing in the house. And I was like, this is just amazing. Anyway, there, that was just a, a side note. So yeah, so I think that, I think that what happens is that we end up chasing stuff a lot of the time with our heart that it isn't actually what God's asking us to do. And that's what I feel like, again, coming back to this whole thing of going, okay, God, what is it that you're asking me to do? Who am I? What is my lane this, this year? What are, the, what are the things that you want me to learn? What modalities of working do you want me to invest my time? Because one of the things, I know that we're talking about time, but one of the things that we have to understand is that we do have time and we need to invest it. We need to invest it well. We need to understand how to use it. Because I feel like we let time use us and we don't use it, you know. And so when I do a course, I do that on, because I feel like that's a good use of my time to bring me to a next level of prospering for myself, for my family, for my nation. How am I going to change a nation if I don't actually ask God what I need to invest my time into to change a nation? And I just, anyway. That is so good. But, but see, this is the thing, Daryl, I, I, because I spend time with, you know, folks at all different stages of their, yeah. right, the most broken. I mean, they, they, yeah. they can't wake up without yeah. getting hammered. Like, yeah. you know, and then people that are in different areas, people yeah. that are just justifying everything in their life with an excuse that, that literally yeah. falls flat. No one believes you anymore, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. All along, right? It, and, and I think what I'm hearing you say is that this is now a season where there has to be a full commitment. You know, mm -hmm. I think that uh, a lot of people have been fully committed to broken systems of governing their lives. Yes, yeah, exactly. And with this new opening here there i think i think what you're saying is reconsider your systems mm -hmm. that you are governing your life with and get a full commitment with some kingdom systems yep. that actually release us into what god has yes yeah which may look like re-education in various areas of our lives because you mentioned education yep possibly languages I've, you know, met certain dogs that are very committed to chasing their tail in yeah. a circle. They, they are very committed to that and um, they're just going to do it. Um, yeah. And there are individuals that are also committed to circles, Daryl. There are many, many. 
many Putting individuals that are committed to that. But at the same time, you know, God, God sees all things and he, you know, he'll, he'll bring people, he'll bring people through, but he can only bring them as far as they'll let him take them. So let me ask you this, Daryl. Mm-hmm. Landing what God is doing. Yes. How has God yes. trained you to mm-hmm. land what he is dropping into your life? This is a really good question. And this is something that I feel like is really important is one of the things that God's been speaking to me about. And this is something I've been training people in for a number of years now, as much as, as much as I can is going after things with hostile intent. And it's a little bit about what you were talking about. But the Lord spoke to me many years ago and he said, Daryl, I want you to go after the things that I'm talking to you about and calling you into and the things that are in your heart with hostile intent. And he started to explain to me about the schemes of the devil, you know, over the years, you know, and I started to learn more and more about how the enemy had infiltrated society, how he had, uh, um, you know, infiltrated individuals' lives, you know, with traumas and all these things, you know, and he was talking to me about those things. And he said, with the same intent that the enemy is trying to take you out of your destiny, I want you to set your intent to fulfill your destiny. So I started to understand that there was a hostile intent coming from a kingdom of darkness to keep me out of the things that God was talking to me about or calling me into. But if I was able to partner with him and go after things aggressively, you know, the kingdom of God is forcibly advanced and the violent take it by force. There was just something about me needing to go after things with hostile intent. And so I said, okay, what does that look like? And then I started to realize that if I, I partnered with God and allowing him to strip my world down to the bare minimums, literally to bare necessity life, having a Bible, you know, this is the time before smartphones were, you know, everywhere. So I think I had like a little Nokia phone, you know, so a Bible, a phone. And, and I think that that's really all, and some clothes. You know, I just, remember, now I'm not, I'm not talking, I'm talking about that was for me, God really trying to break stuff down for me. What I really needed, what are the things that I need to, I need to be able to step into the things that he's called me to now. So in saying that, then I started to go after things with hostile intent. So I had a vision of a mountain and the Lord said to me, he said, the, you're the full, or let's say this, he said this, your high call in me is at the top of this mountain. And I said, great, that's awesome. I said, let's go up there. And he said, okay. And he showed me a winding staircase. Sorry, this was in a vision when I was in prayer. He showed me a winding staircase going up the outside of the mountain to the top of the mountain. And so, and I was like, wow. And I said, well, let's start on that journey. And I said, but that's going to take ages to get to the top. And he said, you can make a choice. You can either go up the winding staircase and get to the top of the mountain, or you can go through here. And he showed me the bottom of the mountain and he showed me a door. And I said, wow, okay, what does that mean? And he said, this, you can choose this way, which is quicker, but you're not going to be able to see anything and it's going to be more painful. And I said, oh, okay, cool. Well, you know, I was zealous for the Lord. And I said, you know, I want to go after everything, you know, that you've got for me. And I ended up going through this door in the bottom of the mountain and God fast tracked me, but it required everything in my world to come up and then me to address things that were coming up in my world, the structures that were existing in my world and all those things. It required me to address those things, but in conjunction, let's say that this within a paradigm of me focusing on the things that I knew that I was called to do for God. So that was always my, like, no, Jesus for the joy set before him, you know? So there was something about me fixing my eyes, focusing on the things that God was speaking to me, 
focusing on my original design, focusing on my calling that allowed me to every step of the way, allowed me to address things, submit to God, allow him to do whatever he needed to do internally, uh, you know, and in order that I could come up and when warfare came, oh, this is, you know, it allowed me to not make silly choices according to where my structures were at, you know, my levels of my protectors, you know, I was actually started to understand that where I used to say, oh no, well, you know, if this happens, I can't help myself. This is just what it looks like. I realized that when I said I can't help it, you know, there was nearly like a, it felt like part of my world was pre-programmed to, and it wasn't, I wasn't programmed just to, for your, <laughs> but, but it felt like part of my operating system was pre-programmed as it were to go back to these, modalities or these or these ways of functioning these ways of coping yeah but i realized that god had superseded those and i was actually able to hack into something with god mm. in my inner psyche that actually enabled me to create a grace space mm. that enabled me not to jump down places of coping mechanisms but allowed me to uh, allowed me to partner with him as he basically tore internal structures apart in my world and he just tore them out. he just it's like he put his hand in and tore out every unhealthy structure i had it was so painful mm. because that was where i got my comfort from that's where i got all of my or everything from my identity all of those things and when i finished everything it was like i was just floating on the ocean with one plank of wood but that plank of wood but that plank of wood was christ and i realized that that's all I needed for survival was just Jesus. So, so, so I'm t what I'm talking about is all the way through those processes. Um, the Lord took me to a place where he was saying, I want you to focus and go after things with hostile intent. I don't want you to submit and yield anymore to anything that is subpar to you walking in fullness and I want you to look at your high quality. Now, I'm going to share some stuff right now that I feel like uh, just because we talked about it earlier. Mm -hmm. But then what started to happen was I started to come into a season of acceleration. So what happened was that I believed I was supposed to be a pastor. So within, uh, I think, maybe a year of going or a year and a half of being in church, I was in full-time paid ministry. They said, we've never done this before. Then I was put into another thing where I was leading 2,000 people after uh, two years. And they said, we've never done this before. And what I started to find was in my life, as a result of going after my calling with hostile intent and not letting anything hold me back, I started to realize that the words that were coming out from people's mouths were very similar concerning me, my calling and the favor over my life. We've never done this before. Now, the reason being was because I was in a place where I was experiencing the favor of the Lord and what they were talking about was my level of infancy in the things of ministry or the things of the prophetic and what they were giving me, they hadn't given someone in my position before or in my, stat, in, my, in my status of life, as it were. So what started to happen was that I started to understand that I could actually posture my heart into a place where I could partner with God and actually see the acceleration of heaven come. So this is really cool. So the reason I'm saying this today is because I believe as a result of that, I started to jump ahead in my timeline because I, I, I basically postured myself in a place where I was able to step into even more of the things that I'm called to. Now, I believe that there are parts of your timeline. I don't believe you, I believe your whole, I believe your timeline has different components in it. 
So, for example, I believe I don't believe that I had children. I've, I'm 40, and I had I have a two-year-old. Now, people say, "Oh, you had children quite late." See, I don't believe that I'm off my timeline with that. I believe that that was the perfect timing for my, me to have my children. So, so I believe that, but I believe that's part of my timeline. I believe there are other parts of my timeline that I, in terms of ministerially or spiritually, that I've actually able, been able to pull in early. And I believe that now myself and, and some other people in my world, I believe, we're, I believe that I'm doing things now that were probably reserved for me when I'm 50 and I'm 40. I feel like I'm probably 10 years so I'm doing things now that I believe, I mean, I'm pretty sure. Be, primarily because people are saying to me things like, uh, you know, wow, you're really young to be doing this at 40, you know. And most other people, when I'm in situations, are much older than I am, or they've got more experience, as it were, in these places. But I believe that I've set, because of the posture that God taught me to set in hostile, with hostile intent to go after things, I actually ushered things in early. And so, so I'm, I'm happy to talk to you about some of those, but it's in line with, with business and consulting primarily. Mm-hmm. So, so, so hostile intent. Mm, That's mm, the word. I love mm, that. Mm, I love mm, that. Mm, Let's talk a little bit about the fruit. And I know that there are things that you can talk about right now. Some things that you have to be a little bit more obscure about, but yeah. please. Okay, sure. Well, let me tell you a little bit then. So many years ago, the Lord spoke to me and he said, the outworking of your high calling God. Now, I didn't even know what a high calling God was. And I know prophets have written books called the high calling God. But I didn't, the only way that I could define a high calling God for me was the fullness of the thing that I was called to do. So for example, when I, so for example, if I'm a prophet, part of my gift as a prophet is to equip the body so part of my service to the body is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry and then part of my other service to the body might be to so i equip the saints to hear the voice of god so so my to equip people to be able to hear god's voice clearly now there were other parts of my calling as a prophet that didn't look like that for example taking messages from god to people in different nations so god would say i want you to go and speak to a pastor in I want you to speak to this pastor in Russia. So then I would get a word for him. And then lo and behold, I would be in Russia and then I would be releasing a word to a pastor in Russia, but it would be, and that would be the reason that I was there. The reason I would be there was, would be to be a messenger and to provide a service as it were to giving the word of the Lord to somebody like that. Now that isn't like equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. It's a different modality of working in my ministry. So I started to understand this. And then I started to realize the high call for me was when all of the components of who I am as a prophet come together and I'm functioning in all of those in a, in a way where I'm able to, 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 to really yield to every day to what God wants me to do and needs me to do in these places. Now, the reason I'm saying that, and it sounds like, well, yeah, you're just doing what you're supposed to do. It doesn't work like that. Because part of my calling, the Lord said, required me to have a more stringent or a more strict um, boundary over my life. And until I apprehended that or until I did that, God didn't let me do those things. So for, I'll give you a very brief example. The Lord spoke to me and he said, uh, I want that. He said, your high call is to have the ear of kings. And I said, okay. And I was really excited. I said, the ear of kings, I knew that was people of influence. And I said, yes, I'm going to do that. 
And he said, but I won't unlock it for you until you adjust this thing in your life. Now, the things that he was asking me to adjust were just, and there was nothing immoral, just stuff that I was part of what I enjoyed to do. I'm like, you want me to cut that out? Why? And he never told me why. He never told me why he wanted me to make adjustments, really small adjustments. And if I had told you some of the things, and I'm not going to, you would go, what? Why would you even need to think about that? That's ridiculous. And that was the first thing that came to my mind. God, that's ridiculous. But you know, it says in the word, trust in the Lord with all your heart, only not in your own understanding. So then I made these adjustments. Now, as soon as I made these adjustments, I remember getting a phone call from somebody and saying, hey, I heard that you prophesy to business leaders. And I said, well, yeah, well, let me tell you the extent of my prophecy to business leaders at the time. I was processing with a person that had a cafe and I was processing with a person because I was ministering as a prophetic voice into businesses and then a person that had a gym and then maybe one other person. So I was talking to people and I would just give them a little bit of prophetic insight about their business. So I was like, so when the person said, I heard that, you know, you know, you do a lot of stuff, prophecy to businesses. I was like, well, I didn't want to talk myself up, but I was like, yeah, I guess so. You know, and they said this, <clears throat> they said, so I want you to now come and minister in Asia. And I thought, sure. And I remember them giving me a list of the people that I was going to go minister to in Asia. Now, I'd never been overseas to minister to a business person before, but I remember just getting a, a list of these people and they said, well, just, you know, fly into Singapore and we'll hang out with you in Singapore. And I remember that. And I remember looking down the list and not knowing anybody's name. And I remember Wikipediaing or Googling somebody, one of their names. And it was a billionaire. And I was like, hold on a second. This is not, well, hold on a second. And then I realized that every person on the list, they were all extremely wealthy, influential people, like multi, we're talking multi-billionaires. And I was like, hold on a second. I'm going to fly to Asia to prophesy to multi-billionaires. I've been doing like a pizza shop here. Like, how does that look? And I felt the Lord say, welcome to the next stage of your high calling me. Wow. And then I realized that he was giving me the opportunity. I mean, this gets even more insane. He's going to give me the opportunity to have the ear of kings. So then I move into that. I end up prophesying over some major businesses. And then as a result of that, more opens up. And I start to prophesy over some major, major business leaders on the earth. Like it just gets, and then suddenly like there's this, no, I'm, I don't talk to people about it. No one else really talks to anyone about it. But suddenly God just starts to open these doors where I'm now sitting with some amazingly influential people. So then suddenly I'm like, oh my goodness, what is this God? And he said, you are going to have influence in business and government unlike anything you before realized you would have. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, you have made the adjustments I asked you to do. You've gone after your calling with hostile intent. And now I'm literally putting the icing on the cake. That's what it felt like of your ministry. It felt like I had the cake of my ministry, but the decoration, the icing, as it were, the beauty, like it was the, it was the sweetest part of my ministry. And I realized that what God was going to do or what God was doing, he was, he was opening up. Now, so what started to happen was I would start to get messages from senators. Hey, how are you doing? Can, you, can, can, can we pray and you prophesy over where I'm at? And I'd be just doing regular things. And I'd be like, oh my goodness, this is just crazy. So much so, Daniel, that it got to a stage where I would be in a place where people would message me 
and they would ask me if I could give a prophetic word to presidents of particular nations. And I'd be in my house and I'd say, sure. And I would literally be able to give them strategic downloads that God would give me um, for um, international development, for um, uh, trade agreements that they were moving into, very specific information. Now, what started to happen was that as this started to happen, these, these, I started to get a reputation that I was getting very accurate. And then what would happen is that stockholders meetings of these very wealthy people or very influential people, they would start talking about me. <laughs> and they would say, hey, this guy has given, <laughs> given this direction. And these are, these are very major businesses that your listeners would know if, I, if they told them the name. Or, or at least their affiliate, they would know the affiliates or the affiliations of these businesses. And um, they were talking about me. So I'd get messages from people in, all over in different countries saying, Daryl, they're talking about you at a stockholders meeting in a secular company because of the word that you've released has opened them up into another nation and that's changed the whole company. So what started to happen was I realised that the words that I was carrying weren't words that were necessarily encouragement words. They were actually directional words but the words themselves that God was giving me to release, the, word them, the words themselves were actually creating the movement and the shift in the companies. So it wasn't necessarily prophesying about what was about to happen. It was a mixture of both that, but also the words themselves were creating the transition because it was the word of God. So what started to happen, like, so I would say things like, okay, this nation is going to go open up to you. And they would say, oh, well, we've got no interest in that nation at this stage. And then the next morning they would ring me and say, you never guess what happened overnight. Someone's rung us from this nation and that nation is now opening up to us. And these were major, major things in multiple places with multiple different people. So, so what I started to realize was I was pushing into a place with, in government with senators, presidents, vice presidents. Not to, I've never prophesied directly to a president yet, but through obviously through aides and through... Um, but what happened was that uh, I started to realize that I tapped into part of my calling that I was always supposed to move into, but it required partnership on my part in order to do that. Now, the reason I'm saying all of this is uh, in conjunction with what we're talking about is because I believe that going after things with hostile intent, I actually drew in, just like at the wedding of Cana, Mary made a demand on Jesus and pulled things down the timeline. I believe I've actually pulled things down my timeline in God through places of obedience and, and hunger that God has been so gracious to me that he's actually allowed me to step up into things that I probably would have accessed maybe in 10 years, maybe even later than that, but I'm actually doing them now on a weekly basis, sitting in Adelaide, South Australia as a 40-year-old. And I just feel like, and I think it just doesn't look anything I thought. I thought it would be like going and putting my suit on. I'll be at my family dinner table, Daniel, and I'll be getting messages from some of the most <laughs> influential people. And I'll just be like, oh my goodness. And so it just, each time it just blows my mind. You know, each time I'm like, oh my goodness. And so that's why I wanted to share that because I feel like this is part of what God wants to bring people into in, in, in 2020 and beyond. He wants to strategically position people, not just as, as prophetic voices into, into influential people's lives, lives, sorry, but that is part of it. I do believe he does want to raise people up in that capacity, just like Daniel was, just like Joseph actually. But there was something where people are actually carrying the strategies of God for people and he will usher, usher them in or the prophetic word. 
he will usher them into the presence of the kings in order that he would then be able to steer things the way that he wants to steer things. But it requires obedience on our part and, uh, and going after things with a hostile intent so that we can push past any aggression or opposition from the enemy as we try to step into those things. Well, and it's interesting, you keep referencing Daniel. And of yeah. course, we know that Daniel, the book, takes place during the uh, um, conquest by Nebuchadnezzar yeah. of yes. the Southern Kingdom, yeah. right? So Daniel goes up yeah. there along with a whole bunch of other captives. Yeah. Um, and Daniel isn't just stepping into the office of prophet through dream interpretation for the mm-hmm. king. Um, later on, it says, because the excellent spirit was with Daniel, yes. he yep. thought to set him over the yep. entire region. And yes, so that's right. there, there are some really interesting things happening throughout that book. And um, I know that there were some points that you really wanted to bring out. Yeah, yeah. Let me, let me, I'll share with you something really cool. So what happened was at the initial stage when I was moving into these things, um, <clears throat> the Lord was quickening to me um, the scripture of Dan- from Daniel chapter 5, verse 11. And I won't go through just for time's sake. I'm not going to go through the story, but most of your listeners or viewers will know it. But basically, I'll just read from you. So we all know that a man's hand has appeared and there's some writing on the wall and they need someone to interpret the writing on the wall. And I'll just read from verse 10. It says, The queen, because of the words the king of the king of the lords, came to the banquet hall. The queen spoke, saying, O king, live forever. Do not let your thoughts trouble you nor your countenance change because they're looking for an interpretation. They can't get an interpretation. And then she says this, there is a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy God. And in the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, small g, were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father, the king, made him chief of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. And then it says this in verse 12, inasmuch is an excellent spirit, knowledge, understanding, interpreting dreams, solving riddles, and explaining enigmas, sorry, were found in this Daniel, whom the king king named Belshazzar. And now let Daniel be called, and he will give the interpretation. And what's really interesting is that in Daniel 5.11 there, it says, you know, that the, the queen saying, basically, you know, in this guy, there's an excellent spirit, there's something different. There's a, a different level of insight, understanding. And what would happen is that when I was moving into a place where I was connecting with people that had connected me into um, some of the, some of the, I guess some of the people that I was giving wisdom and insight in uh, for what was happening, um, I would start to see during the day, I would start to see the number 511. So I'd be driving in a car and from Daniel 511 and the license plate in front of me would be 511. And I'd be like, Oh, and that would mean that that day I was going to be connected. I, was being, I would be communicated with about that. And sure enough, before the end of the day, there would be some kind of connection with people that were drawing me into that place, which is really interesting. And I felt the Lord say that it was about people <clears throat> carrying a different spirit. And I've had the opportunity now, and I am still having the opportunity, which is really cool. To It's not just to be able to prophesy to wealthy business owners who are Christians because some of them are Christians, you know, but it's actually anybody it's non-believers and it's actually carrying the wisdom of heaven that people can't accredit anything to apart from a supernatural place. I'll share with you one very brief story. I gave a word to someone um, probably about 12 months ago 
and they asked me how I knew the information. And I said, well, you know, the Lord gave me the information. And they said, you've just described exactly what is written on our whiteboard in our, basically in our confidential office. They have a place where all the confidential agreements are made. And they said, basically, you're reading now of our confidential files and of our whiteboard. And so I was in a place where the Lord was showing me what they were talking about. And I was then able to navigate um, a prophetic word for them based on confidential information that no one knew. And so they go, how did you know this? And I said, well, I was lying on my bed this morning and God told me. And for them and for others, it just, it, it, you cannot run away from the reality when God shows you something that's going to happen or God speaks something that no one can know. People can't run away from that. And just like here, they said, you know, in whom is in the, is the spirit of the small G, God's, you know, there's a supernatural reality that God wants us to be able to step up into in this next time where we are able to administrate things that we couldn't have possibly known unless they were supernaturally downloaded to us. And people will know. People will know that we're carrying something of a different spirit and it will actually usher us into places of favour because people in high-level places are far more in touch with things of the supernatural than we know. I think people think that there are no, there is not, it is not real. There is so much more going on at the highest levels of wealthy people and people in government and all that. So much more going on spiritually than we could possibly understand the level of them connecting with, 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 with spiritualists and people that have some kind of understanding. I don't want to go too deep into this, um, but connecting into things of the supernatural world intentionally on their part is far beyond anything that we've that we understand so when we carry something they recognize that what we're carrying is actually something of, of a similar ilk to what they've been trying to attain from other places and then that actually ushers us into a place that's what happens you know somewhat in the book of daniel as well but then we are then ushered into a place where we're able to speak with 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 um, extremely large measures of influence and then bring a kingdom agenda, a kingdom of God agenda into those situations. Yeah. I, I, I think that what the Lord is doing through your ministry is extremely exciting. I, I think it's very exciting. Now, now here's some of the things that I, I, I do pick out from your story, right? Um, number one, like you said, uh, you went in with hostile intent and we're not talking about yesterday. We're talking about mm -hmm. like 14 years ago. Right. Mm -hmm. And there has been a continual commitment yep. to growing in your gift yep. and to becoming very excellent at the stewardship of what the Lord has given you. I am, I am amazing. Yeah. And I think that that's something that needs to be highlighted because this is how we as yep. leaders produce powerful people. It's by yep. reminding them yep. of the, yeah, there's a testimony here of extraordinary yep. power and um, yep. that, that's, that, that's really cool. But yep. let's look a little bit at the foundation so you can have it too, right? What is God sitting you on? It, it's not a yep. pile of sticks, Daryl. Exactly. It's not wood, hay, and rubbish, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? This, you are sitting on a stone of Jesus Christ and he's had to build himself into your life over yep. a long season. Exactly. 
And uh, you, you mentioned something before we uh, started this. And so um, I'm going to have you close with this thought. Uh, moving from expecting a suddenly to expecting a strategy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Talk mm-hmm. to me about that. Okay. So I think that, as I said to you before, expecting a suddenly and expecting a strategy. If you expect a lot of the time we posture ourselves in God in a way where we've just been waiting for him to move. And a lot of the time we're going, okay, God, I'm waiting for you to, you know, I'm waiting for my promise. I'm waiting for my promise. And I know, you know, and we quote scriptures that, you know, say, you know, you know, wait for the Lord, you know, though it tarry, you know, wait, it will come and certainly not delay in the book of Habakkuk, you know, talking about the revelation, write it down. And, and, you know, there have just been so many different instances where we believe in, you know, God makes everything beautiful in its time and everything's got the right time. And at the right time, God will do something. And, and what happens is that uh, what I believe is it actually sets us in a place where it disempowers us mm. from going after things and partnering with heaven. Because a lot of the time, first of all, you only see in part or hear in part. And a lot of the rest of the time, your interpretation of something will always lend to, or let's say this, a lot of the time it will lend to your past experience in God. And you can't, if you are maturing and growing, it's very difficult for you to marry something, which is something that God is currently speaking to your, uh, to an old framework of understanding. So, for example, if you've seen God bless you in a particular way or move you into particular things, or let's say this, the, the way that God moved you into places of favor before was, I'll give you a really simple example. God says, I'm going to make you uh, get ready for, get ready to be rich. Money's a very easy example because everybody has to deal with finance. Um, and then you, but your paradigm is last time God said that he promoted you at work. Or let's say this, God, God, last time you felt that that was going to happen, um, someone promoted you at work. But the reality is that God saying, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give you, say, say maybe says, I'm going to give you the ability to generate wealth or I'm about to make you wealthy. See, the thing is that if we have a paradigm of God's going to promote me at work, that takes us out of the understanding that we could actually partner with him in setting up a business. So what happens is that we're then waiting, we're posturing ourselves for the suddenly of God, for the promotion of God, for that God's about to do something in my life. And he's, and God's saying, no, no, no. What I said to you was actually an invitation to engage me in the thing that I spoke in order that you can then receive the strategy or the next step that you are going to have to implement. The word there is, that's the word of the Lord. That's the word of the Lord right now for your listeners or viewers is implement it's the implementation of the strategy that actually creates the thing that lands what is released in heaven on earth and i know that your wife just speaks so so amazingly at this and you know she's been on my prophetic and business show as well but the reality is that this is the dynamic that god wants us to move into so if i wait in my you know if i i feel like if people have been waiting for things in god and they're waiting for their promise they're waiting for their promise and they've seen no movement for a couple of years, I really would take those things back to the Lord and say, God, number one, is what I'm believing for actually from you? Is it actually a real word? Because how, how many of you know, I mean, really, if God, if what you're contending for or waiting for isn't from him, it's never going to happen. And so that's what happens when people will uh, mislabeled themselves back in the day of 
you know, I'm waiting for an ordination as an apostle, but God never called them as an apostle. That ordination is never going to happen. So what happened is people mislabeled themselves in, in the prophetic. They took on words. They clothed themselves with, word, with words, sometimes that were never from God. And then they were waiting for a manifestation of promise of something that was never going to come. So let me give you an example. I really believed that I was going to marry a short uh, South American um, preacher's daughter. So this is what I thought my whole life, even from, you know, I thought I'm going to marry a short South American preacher's daughter. That is what it's going to look like. Uh, and I just thought that that was what it was going to be. And many years later, um, I've been waiting and I've been saying, no, I haven't met her yet. I need to go to South America. I need to meet this girl or, you know, God's going to bring her along. And the one day the Lord spoke to me and said, um, he said, where did that understanding come from that you were going to marry a South America? Well, I love South America. And then he said, just because you love South America, what does that mean? And then I realized what had happened is that I had actually formulated who I was going to marry in my heart. And I was, that had become the promise of God. And then what happened was I ended up um, um, uh, meeting someone at my church. And all these people kept on saying to me, what do you think of this girl? What do you think of this girl? And I was like, well, first of all, she was taller than I am. And I'm five, nine and a half. She was blonde. And she was Australian. And I was like, uh, nah, that's not my wife. And then I was like, you know, that's not my girl. And everyone was going, what do you think about this girl? What do you think? You know, maybe you should date her. And I was like, nah, she's not my type. She's not right. And then one night I went to sleep and I had a dream. And I was trying to pull out a, a, a duvet cover, you know, a duvet, co duvet cover. I had a single duvet cover um, in this vision. And I had this single duvet cover and I was trying to put a double duvet in a single duvet cover. And the Lord spoke to me in this dream. Does that make sense to you? Is that communicated well? Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, he said, what I'm trying to release into your life, your mindset is too small to receive. And I realized that the girl that everyone was talking to me about was actually my wife, but I had clothed myself with something that was an illegitimate or unreal word from God, and I was waiting for something to manifest that was never going to manifest. So what happens? What happened to me then is I started to see that uh, as I work with people, that sometimes think people have framed something up or developed something. Sometimes with the spirit of fantasy. Sometimes with Hollywood, people are waiting for something. They're waiting for the million dollars. They're waiting for the the crazy lottery win, the thing that's going to appear in their their letterbox. They're waiting for something which is suddenly of God, which is never going to happen because actually they were designed to do something that required in this season, the strategy of God instead, in order to see something implement. See, God wants to bless us. He wants to prosper us. He wants us to give us influence. He wants us to come into the fullness of the original design that we have in him. And he wants us to do all those things. But the reality is that we have to listen to him and we have to allow him to dismantle a way of functioning that just is, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, instead of I'm ready to partner, what does this look like, you know? So this is what I feel like the Lord is saying, that it's a transition as we step into 2020, where we move from just, not just the suddenly, I'm not saying that God isn't going to do the suddenlies of heaven and do the suddenlies of God and, you know, the things, I really believe in that. But I feel like if we only wait for that and we, dis, and we don't allow the invitation to partner with the strategies of God, then we're actually going to stay in a place of immaturity and we're not going to say, see the fullness of the manifestation of the things that God is calling us to. That is so good. You know, uh, 
one of the things that I, I ran into um, was a book years ago. It helped me so much. It's, and it was called Faith, Foolishness, and Presumption. And mm -hmm. it was a book awesome. about right time. Yeah, it was great, 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 great word. And, um, you know, what you're saying, I mean, this is so true. This is across the board. Like, if you, of, as a person, are the only one that got the message that you are believing about some area of your life. Yeah. And the only people that agree with you are the ones that do not hear from God historically. There may be some things to reconsider. <laughs> I think so. And, you know, I, I've learned that, right? It, if I'm the only one that's getting this... <laughs> I, I need to reconsider. You know, Daryl, you have some help for some people. And it is a prophetic intensive. Yes. And I want to yeah. make sure that they know how to connect with you if uh, they would like to participate in that. Yeah, so if people come onto my Facebook and they uh, send me a messenger message um, with regards to the prophetic intensive that I run, I'm very happy to consider people for it. I'll just explain about it very quickly. Uh, about four years ago, the Lord told me to start to run a prophetic intensive. Um, I first of all did it in person. Now I do it online. And it's basically a 40 day or 60 or six weeks, sorry, a program where people really, I, I do my best to kind of transition people into a place where we activate them, not just to hearing the voice of God clearly, but also to partnering with him to seeing stuff land. So, so, that, so it's a six week time. I've put, I, I, I've done multiple, multiple intensives. And most people that have done it have said it's actually changed their life. It's changed the way that they, um, I can't, I don't want to give any, any of the details about it because it really is reserved for the people that feel called that they're called by God to do it with me. Um, but yeah, but there is a small charge. And then what we do is we take people through for six weeks through um, interactive videos, mm. um, a, a process of seeing them both unlocked, but also being able to hear and partner with God for more of the destiny that he's originally called them to walk in. And that's the primary mandate for this. So if any of the listeners or watchers are interested in doing that, you can just find me on Facebook, add me as a friend, and then I will, um, and then message me on Messenger, and I will give you more information about it. All right, folks, so I will um, just leave Daryl's Facebook link in the uh, show description if you would like to follow up with that. Daryl, I always love the opportunity to sit down, hang out with you. You uh, really have some amazing things to say. Uh, you always leave me blessed. So thank you for your ministry. It's always a delight. Thank you so much, Danny. All right. Well, folks, that's it for this week. Until next time. God bless and Godspeed. You've been listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. This podcast is a production of Bride Ministries International. Visit our website at brideministriesinternational.com to enjoy the Bride Ministries Church, the Bride Ministries Institute, free resources, and to support us financially.